Here we go. We are back. The Hardline Sports Talk, episode 41. I am Michael Merlo. Alongside me, I have JM. JM, how are we doing tonight? I'm doing pretty good. I didn't get the full name intro there. What's that about? I, I didn't say John Michael Masiri, huh? Yeah. It's yeah. been that long. I know. It's you're, been you're, that you're rusty. long. You got to shake the rust off. No, I'm good. Good to be back. Um, Got to catch up on some things. Uh, Braves might close out right now. Who knows? But yeah, I'm good. How are you? I'm good. You know, be better if the Braves weren't about to win the World Series, mm. but we're, we're hanging in there. We got the some merch here, some sweatshirt. Yeah, look at you. Hardline Sports Talk. We've got a brand new fitted hat that I am in love with. Full of Boston Red Sox action, but but we're good. Um, lots you know, I, to get to. I kind of like that Braves hat, the one they're wearing right now, the blue one with the blue brim. Uh, I hate to say it, there's not a Braves hat or jersey that it's not good looking. Yeah, they like, they're they have, all they got some nice uniforms. Even mm-hmm. though they have those custom off white Braves hats, oh my god! Yeah, all oh, those are beautiful. Yeah, so if I didn't hate the Braves so much, I would buy one, but I can't. It's against everything I believe in. But there's a lot to get to. In our show on our show sheet, I wrote Braves win World Series in six. So maybe I jinxed them a little bit. I mean, they uh, got they got two innings to blow it. So let's see. So we're gonna get to the Braves and a little bit more with baseball in a little bit. We are gonna start with the NFL though, because so much has happened, especially last week. We had the trade deadline, which was just Boring, as usual. Mm. The NFL gives you so much throughout the year. They give you the draft. They give you, you know, a quick free agency right after the Super Bowl. And then, bang, you're in training camp. The NFL season never really ends. But the trade deadline season is just not good, like the other sports. No. No, it's not. Um, I mean, you had names getting thrown around. Seems like it might be exciting. Allen Robinson, Brandon Cooks, you know, other guys that are possibly going to be on the move. And you got nothing. So, uh, I mean, Deshaun Watson, obviously, those sweepstakes were going on forever, and it seemed like the Dolphins are the ones who actually pulled out of it at the end, um, which isn't isn't a crazy surprise considering, you know, he, the, the Texans don't really have a lot to lose because Watson has so many allegations and whatnot going on. But, uh, yeah, kind of a, a bit of a snoozer, not, not really any – any big news, just kind of just old veteran guys who are a little bit past their years and just going, getting a change of scenery. Really nothing besides, I'd say Von Miller is obviously a big deal. Um, not as big as it would be a couple of years ago. He could definitely still play, not at quite the level he used to. He definitely took a little step back, but he's still a guy that can give you <clears throat> like, you know, a 10, 12 sack year, which is very good. You got a lot of the casuals going crazy. It's a, it's a nice move. It's a big move. I thought the the Broncos did very well in the compensation they got. Yeah, back. I agree. But and Von Miller is obviously not the same player. I like what you just said about the casuals. Like, let's not start saying, oh, look what the Rams have now with Von Miller, Aaron Donald, and Jalen Ramsey. Like, Jalen Ramsey and Aaron Donald are two top five defenders in the NFL. Let's not put – Von Miller in that same conversation, who once was maybe in that top 10, top five discussion, but took a little bit of a step back. He's not there anymore. Injuries have bombarded him. Mm-hmm. But listen, he's going to be a very productive player for them because oh, 100%. of the attention that Leonard Floyd and Aaron Donald get paid. So it, it's a good move for, for both sides. It, it definitely helps. And the Rams just do not like draft picks, but they don't have to. No, like they do picks. not. Because what player are they going to draft next year that's going to start over any of these guys? Yeah. 
The answer is yeah. zero. The, 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 and, the you know, roster is so loaded. When you're in win-now mode, most of the time when you're trading for guys, you're the guys you're trading for, you're hoping with that draft pick you could maybe pick someone that would end up being as good as the person you're trading for. You know what I mean? Like, there's no – you. they would love if they could draft a guy in the second or third round that would have even a half the career that Von Miller has had. So they're just like, okay, well, instead of hoping on that, why don't we just get Von Miller right now and give up those picks? So it's 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 smart to operate like that when you're in a situation where you have enough talent and the coaching staff and everything to operate in a way where you could just kind of say screw draft. I mean, we've seen Seattle's done it. Yeah. Seattle's done that. You know, they, they drafted well in the beginning years of their, uh, I don't want to call it a dynasty, but nice little run that they've had. And um, they've been able to trade some uh, – some first round picks in order to, you know, get some talent. Well, yeah, you're right. And even the bucks, they're in one of those, you know, win mode, win now modes. Yeah. So the, I mean, they did draft a couple of guys last year, but again, drafting isn't really important when you right. have a roster with a kind of older quarterback yeah. and a veteran team that's winning right now. I mean, I would Probably. say the, the Rams have been sorry to cut you off, but I would say the Rams have been really impressed really aggressive um, compared to any other teams that I can think of over the past couple of years. I mean, you think back to the Ramsey trade and trading for Brandon Cooks. I believe they gave up a first-round pick for him to New England. Right. And um, and now this trade of Von Miller, they've, they certainly haven't been sitting back in, in the trade market. If something's not working, they go out and they correct it oh. as fast as possible. And, and I forgot love that. I forgot the most obvious one, the Matt Stafford trade, of course. Right. So – one of How many first-round <laughs> picks they have? What do you over mean first-round Over the next, like, three years, do they have any? I don't know. Have they dumped into 2023 yet? I was wondering that the, the other day. Um, Maybe they I don't have. Know. I'll look that up right now. Um, I don't know. I know they gave up. Didn't they give up two firsts for Stafford? Did they give up two firsts for Stafford? In 2022... What does this mean? Oh, okay. Yeah, in 2022, they only have holy crap. They have a fifth round pick. In they have a third right? round. They have a third round pick as a compensation. That didn't go to Denver though. Yeah, okay. So they traded Denver. They had two third round picks. They traded one of them, and then they traded their their second round pick. So they only have three picks in this year's draft, a third, a fifth, and a seventh. That's crazy. You Thanks. still got Aqib Talib coming up in pay, the, the trade for Aqib Talib. I forgot about that trade, too. And they traded for Marcus Peters. They've gone crazy. They really but, have. When, but, when did they trade Peters away? I don't, I'm not sure. Was that after they had both Ramsey and him, correct, on the they same don't, team? Yeah, they don't have a first-round pick next year either. They Their don't. first round – okay, this is a breakdown of it. Their first-round pick this year is with Detroit. Their second-round pick this year is with Denver. Their third-round pick is with Denver. Their other third-round pick, which was compensation for losing um, – the Lions hired their former front office executive. Right. They got a third-round pick for that. Um, Fourth-round pick traded to – uh, Houston in that Brandon Cooks trade when they got the second round pick and picked Van Jefferson. Fifth rounder they have. Sixth rounder in New England for the for, uh, the Sony Michelle trade. 
and seventh round pick is that it's in uh, Miami that Aqib Tlaib trades. So they make a lot of trades. We forgot about Aqib Tlaib and Marcus Peters too. I completely forgot. I literally completely forgot. Was Leonard Floyd a trade too, or was he a signing? They just extended him. I did they trade for him from the Bears? I think they had to. No, I think they signed him. I think they and then did he had a. Re- and then he had a really good year, and then they just extended him for a lot. They of traded. Money. Remember, they traded for Dante Fowler. Yep, a lot of trades. Well, that's why they are, in my opinion, the best team in the NFC. They are just ultra aggressive. They got a great coach, and they clearly know what they're doing. Yeah. So, all the trust in the world to that front office. Mm-hmm. Now, let's get into some games from over the weekend. Because, again, that was really it. That's your uh, trade deadline uh, yeah. recap <laughs> right there. Um, the Giants and the Chiefs played Monday night, and it was an interesting game. Wasn't really well played by both sides at all. Not at both all. teams tried to lose the game. The Chiefs more so, in my opinion, and the Giants just couldn't take it. But the Chiefs do win 20 to 17. That's a pause, too. And the Giants could not take – the Giants couldn't take the game away from the Chiefs. The Chiefs did everything they could. They made – a ton of mistakes, a ton of penalties. He's, you know, Mahomes, another turnover. He's got 10 interceptions now. He leads the league more than any, any rookie. He's got more than Wilson and uh, Trevor Lawrence. It's absurd. So, you know, I, I don't know how much I could say on the Giants side other than, you know, as a Giants fan, I wasn't like, like last, I wasn't upset last night. You know, it's a game right. that it's whatever at this point. You know, I just want to see massive change happen. But for the Chiefs, I, I would be concerned because I think defenses and the Giants defense played very well yesterday. They clearly had a game plan, very soft zone, two high safeties. They're not going to let you pl- not going to let you beat them deep because they're impatient. They want that big play. And if you just yeah. keep them inside, stop the run a little bit better than the Giants did, but just stop the run. You can beat them. They figured out a way that's a blueprint now. Yeah, I would be beyond concerned at this point. And that's kind of what I think of what, like you said, a blueprint, because, you know, the, the plays that the Chiefs are, we're so used to them pulling off, it doesn't really seem like they pull it off anymore. I mean, you saw yet in that giant game, they, they pulled that trick play with Kelsey and they flipped it behind the back to Mahomes and that, that a couple, you know, they, they, they kind of, uh, changed the NFL in that way. They were one of the first teams to bring that about where they were a lot of jet motion and stuff like that. And, and it was working, but now it doesn't seem to work anymore. And obviously that's not uh, the only way they run their offense. In other ways on their offense, it seems like guys are just aren't getting open, which is odd. Like I'm watching that game and I'm like, Mahomes looks like he's going through all his reads and he just doesn't see anybody. I don't know if he's having a tough time uh, with coverages. I don't know if they're showing, they're throwing different coverages at him or he's he's not trusting himself so much. I don't know what it is, but... Pat Mahomes is in trouble and the Kansas City Chiefs are in trouble. And I don't think that this is, this is not an overreaction anymore. I mean, we're halfway through the year. They're four and four. They've, they've limped to some wins against some subpar teams. Um, I mean, they haven't, have they blown anyone out this year? I don't think so. They didn't blow out the Giants, obviously. They didn't blow out Philadelphia. They didn't blow out Washington. So. I mean, they, they dominated Philadelphia. Like the defense didn't play well, but like they, but had Philadelphia like was still in that game. I I understand the offense was dominant, but Philadelphia was still in the game. What was the final score of that game? Was it like forty two to two? It, 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 listen, it's, it doesn't matter. 
because you're right. They, they were in the game for most of it. And that should be a, a game where the chiefs blow them out. And they, and they didn't, I, I think they won by a touchdown or two, but yeah, doesn't matter. You're yeah. right. And defensively, and this might have just something to do with the giant more. So the giants and the chiefs, they're not good defensively. They not had a pretty all. good game defensively uh, la- uh, Monday night, but you're still like, you're still sort of concerned there. And their schedule is very tough. They're going to play the Packers this coming week. They're going to play the the Cowboys coming up. Their division, I mean, I think the Raiders are a bunch of frauds. They have to play the Raiders twice, though. They have to play the Chargers again. So it doesn't get easy. No. If if you're Kansas City and you get blown out against Green Bay, what do you do now? Like, that is... The benchmark game. That is a real yes, exact. That is a a big test that's coming up, and it, it might end ugly. I mean, they have a negative point differential this year. Mahomes, like you said, is leading the league in interceptions. He does not look like himself. Um, even the coaching, the coaching hasn't been fantastic out of read, and you know, and we call him an offensive genius, and rightfully so. I mean, the, the ton of respect for that guy. He's proven that, but. This year, it doesn't seem like he's ahead of everybody else. And I think at this point, you know, I, I, like I said, I don't think it's an overreaction. Personally, I don't see this team making the playoffs, if you want me to be completely honest. I just think the AFC, maybe they can slip into that seventh seed or something, but I think LA is better than them. I think um, Buffalo is better than them. I think Cincinnati is. I think Baltimore is. I think Tennessee is. I think Indianapolis is. And I actually, wow. I, I think at this point, I think Las Vegas might be better than them. I can't go with you to Vegas. I can't. I can't. I understand. I that. think they, I think they are uh, better. They're worse than what their record tells it. I mean, they are. They're five and two. They've had a, a a pretty easy schedule, but they've beaten some good teams. They've beaten Baltimore. They've beaten Pittsburgh. So the, you know, they haven't just been playing the Jaguars every week, but. I mean, what would make you say that Kansas City's better than them at this point? I mean, the defense is not better, Kansas City, and then it's the off- the offense isn't the Kansas City offense that we're used to. And the Raiders kind of felt a, like a decent offensive season. I kind of felt like last night was going to go, you know, two ways. Whether you know the Giants want a close one, or the Chiefs want a close one, like that's one. Or the Chiefs were going to get right, and they were going to figure everything out and put it together. Right. And they didn't. They they just won an nail biter that they should have lost. Yeah. And I don't see where that get right game is if there is a get right game. And, and some you know you brought up the the that play with uh, Travis Kelsey where they had the direct snap to him and then he flipped it behind his back or whatever to Mahomes. Are you kidding me, Andy? Like listen, Andy yeah. Reid's a genius, but you're in a situation where you cannot. You're having a trouble scoring. You're turning the ball over and you're doing stupid trick plays like that. I mean, come on. Listen, uh, I'm going to disagree with you. I get it, but I think when you, you know, you try and get a play like that going, you want to get some excitement going in the offense. If they score a touchdown like that, like that's that could be a big confidence boost for them. Or at the same time, you're also just trying anything. I mean, their offense isn't that bad where they need to just do whatever just to get in the end zone, but um, it's, it's, it's just odd. It's a very odd situation that I don't think anyone could have seen coming. I mean, I had this team as the number one seed in the AFC again, winning 14, 15 games this yeah. year, like they, uh, they were projected to be. And 
you know, it shows that good quarterback play is important, but it's not everything. You're not going to get all the way there. If you have a great quarterback, that's not the only thing that's going to help you win. You need a team around you and you need good play calling and, and all these factors that go into it. And the quarterback goes down with the ship because we're seeing that right now that Kansas city is not playing well overall as a team. And Pat Mahomes is not playing well either. So it's, he's not, he's not playing above what the record says. He's, he's playing like a four and four team right now. He's playing pretty average. They are very impatient. Like I said before, they want the big play and they're not committed to their run game. And they completely rebuilt this offensive line. I mean, Creed Humphrey, the center they drafted has been really, really good for them. They spent a ton of money. They got, they brought in Orlando Brown. They brought in, why am I blanking on the guy's name from new England? Joe Tooney. Joe Tooney. So it's not like they haven't addressed the offensive line. They did. It was a massive problem last, last year in the super bowl. And it's just has, you know, they're not together. It doesn't feel like they're playing, you know, you know, that's, that's the thing. I think this team on paper, it's a pretty good team, but it doesn't seem like they, they are a team. Like they don't gel well together. The chemistry doesn't really seem to be there. They don't play like a well-oiled machine kind of thing. Everything seems very forced. It's um, I don't know. I think they're going to sneak in. I, I do. I think they'll, get a couple of wins in the division and the seven teams. I was talking with your brother before uh, seven teams is way too much in my opinion. Yeah, I because agree. I, this seventh team, you see the, the bears get in at eight and eight in the NFC. You're going to see a team see in the NFC, right? You got five really, really good teams. And then the rest is crap. You're going to yeah. see, you're going to see a team like the, the Panthers at, you know, Eight and nine get in or somebody mm-hmm. like that. Yeah. I mean, uh, we'll go over it a little later when we talk about the NFC. But, um, yeah, I, I think, you know, the Chiefs could obviously – this can turn around in a second. They could have that get-right game and take well, – they could beat Green Bay by 17 on Sunday, and, and this can end up being an 11-6, and 12-5 year for them. You know, I don't think anyone would uh, – I mean, honestly, I would be surprised if that happened at this point. Personally, I mean, I just said I don't, I don't know if they're going to get into the playoffs. Um, but it just doesn't – like I said, it doesn't look like the Kansas City teams we've seen over the past couple of years. You want to talk about uh, headphone gate? <sighs> yeah, sure. I mean, what an idiot this guy is. Mm-hmm. He embar- Not only did he embarrass himself, but he embarrassed the whole – franchise in front of the league. I'm talking about Joe judge who says after the game last night, primetime television, everybody watching. Yeah. Um, I, we had headphone issues. That's why we blew a bunch of timeouts and we've actually had headphone issues all year long, which has caused, uh, you know, a handful of timeouts to be blown as well in bad situations. Are you kidding me? You're kid. This guy read the room. You're a multi, your franchises work multiple billion dollars and you can't afford to get a headphone situation right you can't bring people in the building to figure this out that that's that's pathetic i'm sorry it it was it was very pathetic and just just shows you how lost this franchise is how disconnected they are and they need massive change and if john mara who i believe has i truly believe john mara has like an understanding of how bad this is and how 
pissed the yeah. fan base is. He's got to do something. He's got to do something soon. The coach is going to be gone. The general manager, 100%. And you're going to see massive change in New York. Um, he better. Yeah, I mean, he better is right. Because the fans are obviously not happy. They are 20 and 52 since the um, the boat trip. And that is oh, the worst baby. record in that span. That's So it's just, you know, it's been really, really, really bad um let's let's move on here to uh the titans because they got some bad news yesterday or monday i should say monday morning when they found out that derrick henry is going to need surgery on his foot and the timetable for his injury it was about eight weeks now they're saying six to ten weeks which is a little more promising because they believe he can come back at the end of the regular season and possibly be back for the postseason but they're six and two. They're the currently hold the number one seed in the AFC. But um, sorry for you know obviously your loss in fantasy. Yeah, thanks, appreciate it. But um, not good because this guy is truly. I mean, if there is one running back that truly means the world to his. When we bash running backs, there's one guy that's the exception. Oh, and yeah. it's Derrick Henry, and he is their whole team, their whole offense. hundred percent. It's gonna be it's gonna be interesting to see how this team recovers from this. I mean, they're gonna have to basically switch their entire offensive philosophy. I mean, you're not gonna see they they got Adrian Peterson who's supposed to be signed off the practice squad, but I don't think he's I still don't think he's gonna be necessarily the lead back in Tennessee. Um, you know, you're not gonna be giving it to Jeremy McNichols and Adrian Peterson <laughs> 33 times a game like you do to Derrick Henry. So Tannehill's going to have to step up. A.J. Brown's going to have to step up. And Julio Jones is going to have to step up. Um, and we'll see what happens with this team. I mean, this division, it, it may look like it in the standings at this point. I mean, you have Indianapolis is 3-5, and five and they're 6-2. and two, But this is not over by any means. And uh, it'll be interesting to see what happens now with Henry being out. I mean, like I said, the offense is going to be – is going to take a big hit. I mean, how do you – Mike Vrabel and and that offensive staff, it's going to have to get really creative to figure out ways how to get points out of this team because there is still talent there and the offensive line is is good, but no Derrick Henry is. It's like losing your quarterback with this team. He's the MVP of this team. Uh, not only does he help out the offense, obviously, but he helps out the defense. When you're able to control the clock and control the ball and the time of possession – gives your defense a break and their defense is not good. So if their defense is on the field, you know, any longer than it has to be, that could be a problem for them. The Colts yeah. who have lost to the Titans twice now already this year, they're three games back. But like you said, this definitely feels like right. Cause the narrative yesterday, uh, narrative Sunday was Titans win this game. The division's done. The division is locked up. Yeah. And that's what we thought before we get the news of this injury. So it's a rough one. I, you know, I, could definitely still see the Titans win. Obviously, I think they can win this division. Yeah. If they can get Henry back in six weeks, that's awesome. And they could be an issue in the postseason. But I, I don't know. I think the division's going to get tighter. I think they'll probably still win it just because, again, three games right now. I think they'll find a way to win a couple. You know, like I don't think they were, they're playing the Rams on Sunday Night Football with or without Henry. I don't think they're winning right. that game. So, I think they'll win a couple. They play the Jaguars and the Texans twice a year, so they will definitely find a few. I mean, the, yeah, they've, the they've taken care of some pretty tough opponents to help them out too. I mean, you know, they they dropped a game one against Arizona, but you still, you know, you got a tough opponent out of the way there, and they've played um, they played Kansas City, who you know, Kansas City's Kansas City, but 
Uh, why am I drawing a blank right now? Who else have they played? I just had it in my head. They played the Bills. They played the Bills. That was a, yeah, they, that's a big one right there. Um, have they gone up? They played Seattle on the road. Yep. Have they gone up against the Rams yet? They're playing the Rams Sunday. They're playing the Rams on Sunday. So they were losing that game either way. They, yeah. Well. It would have been close, but I would I would take the Rams confidently. Right. Oh, look at this. The, the, the Astros are trying to get a little ninth inning rally going right now. Base hits the lead off the inning. Seven nothing. Nice. Um, Let's go, boys. Yeah, but obviously a big blow. Um, as you said, big blow to my fantasy team. I don't know how I'm gonna recover from this, to be honest with you. Um, but please cry. I I, I really the AFC and the NFC. I have I don't know if I've ever been so intrigued in a football playoff picture in my life. I mean, you have five teams in each conference. It seems like that are like Super Bowl talent teams. It's it's insane. You think there's five teams in the AFC that you think can win the Super Bowl? I'd definitely say the NFC. The AFC, I'd say the Bills are a Super Bowl talented team. The Ravens are. Ravens. Yeah. You know what? I, I, I take that back in the AFC because I wouldn't give that, t- that title to the Chargers. I wouldn't give that title to Cincinnati. But no. in terms of the NFC, I mean, I think, da- I think Dallas is. I think Green Bay is. I think Tampa is. I think L.A. is, and that's just about it. Cardinals are tough. Oh, the Cardinals. Yeah, I forgot the Cardinals. The Cardinals are tough. I know in terms of record and how their season's been going so far, you'd say so, but I still want to see a little more out of the Cardinals. I I don't want to go back to – I don't want to go back too far in history because they did lose to the Packers who were completely depleted on offense and really depleted in almost in a lot of areas. And it was a very impressive win for the Packers, but we had kind of kept saying it like, well, the Cardinals are undefeated, but we want to see more somehow. And they even beat the Rams and they beat down the Rams. And we're like, we need to see more. And I love Kyler Murray, but I still need to see more. Like I, I don't trust this team. And if I was ranking the, you know, the top teams in the, in the NFC one through five to me, I think it's pretty clear that they are five. Dallas is a force to be. I think Dallas is the second best team in the third best team in the NFC. They are phenomenal. I mean, that was an ultra impressive one that they had on Sunday night, having your backup quarterback against a pretty good Minnesota team that we might Let's, see up. You know, Minnesota's good, but they're so inconsistent. And that's, yeah. that's why they're going to be a fringe wild card team. Let's go um, to that game. Cooper Rush. With a huge, huge, he steps up big on Sunday Night Football, yep. beats the Vikings. And like you said, you know, the Vikings have everything going in their direction. You know, they're home underdog. Then it's snap of the finger. Dak's not playing. You're the favorite. You know, a huge momentum game against, you know, still a good roster. If you could win this game, you really put yourself in a good position to be, you know, the, the sixth or even seventh team in the in the NFC wildcard picture. And you lose a heartbreaker, mm-hmm. and they they were terrible in the game. They were absolutely atrocious. Right. And what have we seen about out of this Dallas team? Why have they taken such a big step this year? Their defense they can yeah. they can limit points. And what happens when you combine a very good offense with a decent defense? You're seven and one. That that or six and one. That's what I forgot. They had the bye week. That's what happens. So really like what I see out of this Dallas team. I mean, I say it week after week. They are just all over the place, talented. Um, I can't believe I have to say this too and, like, defend this guy because I've been defending him for weeks. 
But did you see what Trevon Diggs did to Justin Jefferson, one of the best young wide receivers in football? Yes. Two catches, 27 yards. Yeah. Please, enough with the Trevon Diggs overrated. You know, enough it, of that. There's, there's been – this is kind of the problem I have with, <clears throat> with statistics in football specifically is I find that in baseball it's really easy to get statistics on players and – you know, we have war, all these, we have sabermetric stats. We have standard statistics for everything. It's super easy to assess players in baseball. It's, you can never assess players just off stats a hundred percent accurately, but you sure get close with football. I mean, for example, the jets traded for uh, Lauren Duvernay Tardif. I don't know if I got that right. I think I'm yeah. pretty close. Um, they traded for him today. And I was like, Oh, you know, I want to see what kind of year this guy's having. So, I'm not the biggest fan of pro football focus, but I'm like, all right, that's really all I got. Let me look up pro football focus. It's locked because I don't have my pro football focus membership. And like, you know, you know what I'm trying to get out here? Like baseball, uh, football reference should have some sort of saber metric or some way of assessing uh, offensive linemen or corners or whoever. I shouldn't have to go on the website and just see games played and how many, you know, maybe pancakes they had or sacks allowed like that. That doesn't tell the whole story. So right. the same thing goes with the corners. The reason why I brought this up is because I've seen so many conflicting statistics on Trevon Diggs talking about, oh, he, yeah, he has all these picks, but he's on track to give up the most receiving yards from a corner in NFL history. And when I first read that, I was like, oh, okay. But then turns out, oh, hold on. That statistic's flawed. That's not, nece- that's not true entirely. And it's just frustrating. So I'm just going to go off what I see on the field and what I see in the box score. You're right. Justin Jefferson with only two catches and Trevon Diggs, you know, flying all over the field, making plays for this team. This kid can play. There's so much happening right now. Just, you know, I'm listening to you. Don't the tell Braves me any spoilers are... in the Astros game because I'm watching it. I got my TV on right now. It's oh one two outs. All right. No. So I'm just saying, like, you know, the, they're about to win. Yeah. And I feel like I should be watching it, but I'm not going to cause myself the pain of watching I know. them. I know. Oh, and you got, you got the election night going on. Yeah. And now I'm trying to follow everything and it's just like, oh my God. But yeah, you're right. You know, and also stats in, in football can be very deceiving. You know, it's just, you can't really, you can't tell the whole picture with, I feel like with numbers in football, like you can in baseball. Baseball, you know, it, it makes too much sense. Yeah. You keep you froze up for a second there. Oh, ground ball, Dansby. There it is. Look at that. Look at Freddie smiling and everything. Oh, it's beautiful. Pain. Let's go, baby. You know, I was, you know, honestly, when they went to the World Series and we, we kind of took a little break here, when they went to the World Series and beat the Dodgers, I was, for whatever reason, it like it pissed me off. Yeah, it, it, like I didn't think it would the way it did. Like I didn't think I'd be that upset because you know again I I love my Mets and you know I really just care about the Mets. But I was legitimately pissed off for a good twenty four hours because they were going to the World Series. I swear to God, I know it's tough. And it, honestly, I don't even think it's because you know the Mets were ahead of them for one hundred and three straight days. I just think it's. It's my division. I really can't stand that. I think team. that's and what it all is. All I, I think, want is my. I, I think you know what I think it is. I think it's the yeah. The, obviously, the fact that it's your division, it's your rival, but the fact that you're like we were so close. You know, we were we were closer than them basically the whole year to get into the playoffs, 
And then they leapfrogged us and look at this. Now they, they make a run and get in the World Series. It pisses you off where you're like, that could happen for us if we just, you know, held it together and didn't choke it away. But this is definitely the, the – We're going to talk on paper the weakest World Series team in a while. I mean, I think the Nationals team still even better than this from a couple years ago. But good for them. I mean, who would have saw this coming that – They'd win the World Series after, you know, these past couple of years getting close, and they do it without their best player in Ronald Acuna. So we're going to talk about them and how impressive they were and how, you know, the general president of baseball operations, Alex, Alex, uh, you're going to have to help me. Uh, you're on your own on this one. Aaron Thapopoulos, uh, their general manager, president. He's fantastic. We're going to get to him a little bit. Let's continue with the football very quickly. We're talking about Dallas. We're talking about how loaded the NFC is. And, you know, we're forgetting something major that happened on Sunday. I mean, like probably the biggest story the whole football season. Okay, go ahead. Mike you just freaking you, you, white. Oh, hell yeah. Sorry, you cut out for a quick second. You cut out too. Yeah. Mike freaking Mike white. Freaking Let's white, baby. go. Yeah, welcome. With the Jets finally found their franchise quarterback. No, um, you know, it's been fun to see the reactions <laughs> and everything. And you being on Jets Twitter, it's so funny how Jets fans are when you win versus when you lose. When you lose, it's like same old Jets. This is horrible. I want, you know. Uh, I don't want to root for this team anymore. I'm so depressed, blah, blah, blah. Then they win. It's Mike White. Uh, let's go. We have our guy. We're, we're Super Bowl champs, baby, this and that. We're not losing a game the rest of the year. So it's funny, and it's funny to see the people that are saying that Mike White's like our new starting quarterback from this point forward. Um, I think if Mike White on Thursday Night Football has another really good game, then we can start getting the rumor mill going a little bit. Um but I don't even think that's necessarily a bad thing if this kid Mike White has a pretty decent year and keeps the Jets relevant and you have Wilson sit on the bench the rest of the year and kind of just take everything in um, and have him ready to go for next year. I mean, he's obviously shown that he's not ready to play right away, and I don't think that's, you know, something to be that worried about that a lot of guys show signs like that. I mean, even Josh Allen showed that. Lamar Jackson showed that his first uh, year in the NFL, and, Although Lamar Jackson was different, they were still winning. That's just how good the Ravens are and how good John Harbaugh is. But um, Mike freaking White, baby, what a, what a win that was. I mean, an upset for sure. You know, they – listen, Mike White, great story. He's not going to be the starting quarterback in the future. This whole season was predicated on let's see how the quarterback develops Zach Wilson. Yeah. And – when he comes back, sucks, but he should start. He has to start. You need to see Zach Wilson grow. And it is not a bad thing that Mike White is playing well. It is actually a good thing because, God forbid, something ever happens to your franchise quarterback. Oh, we've got a capable backup quarterback right. to do so. And Mike now, White – sorry, go ahead. My issue – not even an issue uh, – uh, Mike LaFleur went up to the – he was sitting in the booth up top calling the game instead. I got to see this when Zach comes back. I got to see a performance. Mm-hmm. Not like him because he was – what was his average yards, per, you know, in the air? It was like 3.7. Yeah. So, oh, like, I want – White, yeah. It was 3.7 yards. I don't think it was, that, it, was, it, was it was 3.7. Was, 
like obviously you want to see the quarterback, you know, make big plays. And but Zach Wilson's got to make the plays in front of him. He's got to make the easy plays, and we have to see this when exactly. He comes back. And I think this that's, is how the offense is run. Yeah, that's a, that's a great point. That's that's why they were so successful, and that's the system that you can see. Well, hold on, this actually works because you saw the run game was getting going, and then. You know, they, they were running all over the place and you kind of took what the defense gave you in the passing game and let the run set up the play action and everything. And that's exactly what happened. The, the way this offense is supposed to be run is to get the ball out quick and get it in the hands of your playmakers and get the ball down the field. And that's exactly what happened. Mike White was getting the ball out quick. He got it, you know, like you just said, he didn't really air it out much and that's okay. They still put up 34 points against what's been a great defense so far in the Cincinnati Bengals. And that's where Zach Wilson and Mike White are different. Zach Wilson hasn't been able to make those easy throws the way they wanted him to. I mean, we've seen him spike a couple flat routes and and miss some, some easy slants or whatever, and he needs to improve on that. I'm not worried about Zach Wilson. No, neither am I. I I think he's going to be really good still. They hired his quarterbacks, his quarterback trainer, like his personal trainer. Yeah. And he's going to be one of the quarterback coaches. And one of the reasons why Mike LaFleur was on the bench was uh, on the sideline with them was because he wanted LaFleur there. So now they're going to have LaFleur up top. That's where they want him. And they're going to have his quarterbacks coach. I'm blanking on the name, but his like personal trainer. He's going to come in. The Jets hired him and he's going to be on the sideline with Wilson. So I don't know why he needs that, but. Listen, guys are different. And, yeah. Uh, and and listen, Mike White on Thursday Night Football could throw four picks, and we forget this ever happened. That That's the Not way gonna... sports are. That's the way football is. You know, it's it's a week-by-week week thing. Let's, let's not crown this guy as the king of New York right now. Let's, let's relax a little bit. Let's enjoy the win. It's good, but pump the brakes a little bit. Not going to lie to you. I think the Colts are covering the 10-point spread on Thursday. I could definitely see that. But I love Mike freaking White. And it was very impressive, too. You do it without your best receiver. You do it without – you're on your third left tackle, George Fanning. Yeah, I was going to say, still no Mackay Becton. So, it, it, it was impressive. And, listen, Wilson's got to get some help. You know, we talk about Zach Wilson not, you know, putting it together yet. The offensive line's been terrible. Mm-hmm. Not terrible, but not great. And you've right. dealt with injuries. And his weapons, you know, what they haven't been healthy, and there's not much. Right. I mean, ever Carter's since, great. Carter's great, though. That Carter, Carter, yes, he's ever since uh, the New England game, he's he's had about twenty three targets, I think it is, in his past two games. So that's that's what they kind of how they're going to use him. I think. I think he's going to be that all purpose back that guy who can fill the stat sheet up and, you know, we, we joke about it, but he could be a high fantasy pick. Like he's like the type of guy that can take a workload of a lot of touches. And that's good. You, you need a guy like that if you want to be a successful football team. But um, what I was going to say about Wilson is you, you know, you would bench him if white ended up continuing this and, it depends. I don't know. I still don't know if they would necessarily bench him. But it's not necessarily a bad thing to have a guy sit on the bench. Now Joe Flacco's here. He can talk to him a little bit, which, by the way, Flacco. did we really have to trade for Joe Flacco? Now no. now, now, Mike White's playing. 
Joe Flacco's our backup. We really couldn't have just signed some guy to be our, our backup quarterback until Zach Wilson's here. But nobody believed the Jets in when they said uh, Mike White was a serviceable backup quarterback. We were like, what are you doing? Yeah. You guys are clowns. Maybe mm-hmm. he is. Maybe they were right. Yeah, maybe and his teammates right. love him. That was so yeah. – that was cool. That good, was just cool. good for the Jets overall and those players. That was really I mean, cool this to is see the, them get around White. This is the, the most camaraderie and team feel I felt in the Jets team in a while, and that's that's the Robert Sala effect. I mean, he's been doing a good job. You know, they might not be winning a lot of games, but you can see that these guys play hard. They fight till the whistle, and they don't give up, and – they, they, the locker room is just really tight, and that's what you need out of a guy like Robert Sala. That's why they brought him in here to be a, a culture changer. I mean, she was like screaming Sala. his ass off on the sideline. That was great. There was a reason why a lot of teams wanted to hire him. Mm-hmm. And I, I heard, you know, even last week after they get blown out by the Patriots 54 to 13, is, you know, Rob Sala one and done. I saw that, and I was like, are you kidding me? Like, you got to give this guy time to build something. We are very impatient with coaches and quarterbacks and players overall and general managers be patient. And, Mm -hmm. you know, Joe, like we have preached, Joe Douglas is in this thing for the long haul. He signed a six year contract and Rob Sala is going to be here for a really long time. Mm -hmm. I think more of an issue, honestly, if I had an issue to pinpoint with this season, it was not Rob Sala. And and I'm going to say this, it might sound like an overreaction. My issue was with Mike LaFleur that that's where my real issue was. Yeah. with this team through eight weeks or seven weeks before the Mike White game. The Mike White game. I love it. I love Mike White. Um, if you have a Christian Hackenberg jersey laying around, you could just change Ooh, it into Mike White jersey. That is true. You have one? No, I don't think I do. I don't know someone that does either, and I would be very concerned if somebody. I was listening to the radio the other day, and this guy was like, I had the only Mike White jersey on <sighs> in the stadium, and – the hosts were like, what do you mean you you had a Mike White jersey? And he was like, well, I bought a Christian McCaffrey. Uh, I mean, a, uh, what's his name? Christian, Christian Hackenberg jersey. And my wife was able to just sew the name White on. Oh, dude. last thing about the Jets. Um, something that's been really nice for them is, you know, we talk about Mike White. We talk about Mike Carter and whatever. And, but uh, Elijah Vera Tucker has been playing his ass off. And that's yeah. really nice to see. He's been getting better every single week. Um, he had a fantastic game this weekend. So that's what you need. They, they, they wanted to build that brick wall on the left side and hopefully Becton's back soon and is healthy, you know, completely healthy and stays healthy. And we'll see how this offensive line continues to progress. Did you see what Rob Sala said today? He, um, he says, I, I walk into Joe Douglas's office yeah. every day and thank him for trading up for Elijah Farrakhan. Yeah. Yep. At one point, does he like slap him in the face and say, yeah. "Enough, Rob! Like, can you stop walking yeah. into my office yeah. every day and yeah. thanking me?" Well, like, I'm sure up. I'm sure he's exaggerating a little bit. <laughs> no, I, I, I mean, I, I mean, I would hope so. Yeah. This is like uh, Nick Sirianni playing rock paper scissors with his. Uh... Uh, Nick Sirianni, I think, does like <laughs> cocaine. He's. <laughs> He's messed up in the head, that guy. Hey, he took a job to coach in Philly. He must yeah, be messed up in true. the head. Yeah, that is true. I mean, really. Um, some sad news after the laughing. Um, mm-hmm. Henry Ruggs was involved in a car accident in which he's being charged with a DUI, um, and he w- actually killed somebody in the car accident. 
Um, the Raiders released a statement, you know, just saying they're aware of the situation and they're going over it, but a very sad, sad story. And, you know, first of all, it's, you know, the, the saddest part about this is the loss of life, but mm-hmm. it's just so crazy that these, we see this all the time with athletes that, that have yeah. everything in their hands and, Henry Ruggs definitely is a first round pick. He has a ton of money that he could have just called any type of car service. He could have called the Raiders for crying out loud. Yeah. And they would have sent a car to pick him up at no matter what the time was. Yeah. So it, it, it just sucks to see that it could have been, it's so avoidable and yep, exactly. it still happens. Yeah. It's a shame. Like you said, the, the opportunities that, you know, they have and they don't realize, um, you know, they're the, how blessed they are. And, you just got to be responsible. One stupid decision can ruin your life and ruin someone else's. Take a life, obviously. That's what happened, and it's a shame. Like you said, the loss of life, is, I think, is the big story here. Um, but the Raiders now have to move on from Henry Ruggs. I don't know if this guy's – I don't. I think he's done in a Raider uniform. I don't know. I think he's done in any uniform. I mean – I think he's going to jail. I think jail time, yeah. I mean, someone died for God's sake. So, um feel horrible for that family i i feel bad for honestly i feel bad for the raiders organization right now i mean they've had a rough couple of weeks um between the gruden news and now this but yeah i think you could say they've had a worse pr stunt in the last couple of weeks than the mets had even in the offseason. yeah definitely <laughs> is that you that said that to me you know yeah and you know yeah. i said this too it really is true we we love fantasy football and it, it's what keeps us engaged in football a lot of the time. I mean, who the, who the hell is watching, you know, Jaguars, Texans, Thursday night football, besides people that are betting on the game, Jaguars, Texans fans, or are fantasy football players and have somebody in the game. But um, it really is screwed up that I have Henry Ruggs in one of my fantasy leagues. And the first thing I, th- first of all, I didn't know somebody died right away. I'll just get that there. Yeah. Um, I'm not that bad of a person. But, you know, I see Henry Ruggs DUI, and the first thing I think is, oh, my God, this guy was in my flex this week. So, yeah, fantasy football, it's a good thing, but it could also be a bad thing. Sometimes you kind of got to put yourself in check and be like, oh, well, let's remember that fantasy football is like a real-life thing. It isn't a a game on PlayStation. So, (sighs) yeah. All right. Not – yeah. So, again, just the the, – Very sad. Very sad, and – like we said, you know, the not important part is Ruggs' career is over and he, right. he deserves it. Right. So um that we're gonna that's gonna be it for football. So we'll be right back. We got a lot of baseball to do. The the Braves have won the World Series in six games over the Houston Astros. We're gonna talk about that and a lot more baseball, but we're back after this. The S and E Podcast Channel, the perfect channel for any style of podcast. We have all different pop culture style podcasts for all of your listening needs. If you would like to start a podcast, you can reach us at sndpodcast at gmail.com. We are always looking for new podcasts to add to our channel, and the topic could be anything you want. So contact us now. Here we go. We are back. The Hardline Sports Talk, episode 41. Uh, just very quickly, breaking news. The Raiders actually just released Henry Ruggs. So that's I think that's it. But um, anyway, we're, we're on to baseball here as the Braves have won the 2021 World Series in six games over the Houston Astros with a seven to nothing victory tonight. Max Freed was unbelievable. Six innings, 76 pitches, no runs. He was, he looked like he was flirting with the Maddox for a little bit, but He's done um, it a couple of times. No need to, uh, 
Don't need to push him. End of the nah. season. Might as well just take him out. It's not like he's going to pitch for four months. Yeah. But yeah. uh, took him out after the, after the sixth inning. So, listen, you know, congrats to them. I mean, it's, it's a, an incredibly unexpected run. And the one thing I get from this is you never give up. This team was 52 and 55 August 1st. They, and, and even before then, you know, two days before they made moves, you know, a week before they made moves at the deadline, they never gave up. They saw the division was winnable and they said, you know what, we're going to go for it. And to any team that is on the fringe of a playoff spot, when it comes to the trade deadline time, this should be a PSA to do whatever you can to make a push because if you get into the postseason and you get hot and it's crazy in baseball and it's so cliche anything can happen and, and look at the Braves it, it is I'll say this it is very cool to see such an unexpected run and to see a team be aggressive when they did not have to be at the deadline. no not at all uh yeah I think if the Braves just sat down and didn't do anything nobody would be that critical of them no but yeah you're right and, I, and you know I think what this proves is I really don't think – I think everybody tries to put their finger on, you know, oh, you need starting pitching to win the postseason. You need bullpen. You need... I don't think there's any exact – there's not a formula to winning in the postseason. You you have to just be playing good baseball, and you have to be a good team all around because the Braves starting pitching was good, and, I mean, every part of their team was good. Obviously, that needs to happen in order to win the World Series, but their strong point of their team was their bullpen, actually, and – that's a group that we could point out as probably their biggest weakness, especially yeah. the past couple of years. So it, it shows that, you know, you just got to be – guys have to be on at the right time. And as much as we love baseball and we love to, you know, think the, the best players always win, the best teams always win, the baseball postseason, there's a lot of luck involved. And it's not – you know, the not something where the Braves, it's out of their control kind of a thing, but luck where a lot of good things happen to ha- have to happen for you at the same time. And that's what happened for the Braves. I mean, guys got hot, pitching guys were shut down, and, and you know, they they ran into teams, into good matchups, and, and that's what happens. That's how they won the World Series. It really is remarkable. I think this is one of the worst teams on paper that we've seen win the world series in a while, but they're deserving. They're, they're the team that ended up making it through the gauntlet and being the last one standing. Jorge Soler is the world series MVP. That's after Eddie Rosario won the NLC MVP when he had the most tie for the most hits in a postseason series ever. And this is credit to their GM, Alex Anthropopoulos Anthropopoulos. I think he is. He, he made great moves. He brought in Jock. He brought in Duval. Obviously, Rosario and Soler. And Soler went down in the NLDS. He had COVID. Comes back in the, you know in the middle of the NLCS, and then for the World Series, he was great. He had a couple of big home runs. Yeah, and it's it's painful. It's painful to talk about. It's painful to talk about. Um, but it's it's also painful. That's the last baseball game for uh, yeah pitchers that's... and catchers report 103 days so that that's also pretty painful that is brutal you're right and my team doesn't have a president yet so yeah well you're actually you're not you're not even hiring people you're also losing people right yeah so yeah did you see buster only your boy whipped up an article this morning criticizing that move actually i uh me me and him went back at it we i went back and forth with buster only 
Did you actually? Yeah. One. This morning. I on that on that tweet. Really? Well, you're you're being critical of him. I want to read this. I was and I was. I'll read it to you. And I wasn't. I was very respectful. You know, okay. Just, good. I wasn't like the other fans who's like, "Oh, Buster, you're an idiot." I so he writes. Um, he copy he like retweeted an article and then wrote, um, you know, this is this is what he wrote at the at the precise time that the Mets need front office help, they fire Zach Scott. They could have simply shifted him into a role with a lower profile, the job for which he was hired and drawn on his knowledge as they began to reshape the team for 2022. Meanwhile, in September, he wrote that the Mets need a complete and utter shakeup and that everybody should be gone, including yeah. Zach Scott. But anyway, so I go, Buster, the guy did not even inform the team he was arrested. Sure, he might be a smart baseball guy, but there is no trust there anymore. It's no surprise since they have been looking for his replacement for months. I think it's pretty easy. It's self-explanatory. And then he goes back at me. He goes, yes, find another head of baseball ops, find a GM, but you have someone with experience and knowledge you wanted when you hired him 10 months ago, keep him out of the public role and use the knowledge in informing player acquisition. Yeah. Cause he's just going to take a demotion. Listen, yeah, I, I, I feel a, like it's, that's easier said than done. I mean, come on. He, he made a mistake. He deserves this. I'm a big second chance guy. He deserves a second chance and he will get a second chance, but his second chance shouldn't have been with this organization. Right. Whatever. Right. You know, I got 200 likes on that tweet. though. Look at you getting all Twitter famous. 219. 219 likes. I like it. You'll get the 220. I didn't like it yet. Thank you. I didn't like it either. So um, yeah. yeah. I mean, all right, we, we've talked a lot about the Mets this year. Let's not talk That's about enough. the Mets. That's enough. No, that, yeah, please. I don't, I don't need to yeah. blow um, my brains out. But, um, yeah, uh, this is obviously – it's sad that baseball is over now. That's the harsh reality of it. Um, congratulations to the Atlanta Braves. Congratulations to my boy Freddie Freeman, my uh, favorite <sighs> player in Major League Baseball. Um, <sighs> Non-Yankee. And uh, – I, I can't I just cannot believe that they won without Ronald Acuna Jr. That yeah. that is the craziest part to me. And obviously baseball is not like basketball where you know you don't have LeBron James, your team isn't gonna play well. Like, you know, it's it's a it's a big team sport, but man, does not does missing a top 10 player in baseball does that make a big difference? And they still somehow pulled through. They're talented, man. That offense is talented. Great. I mean, They're... Freeman's fantastic. I think he'll be back next year. He's a free agent, but I, I think he'll stick around. And especially a guy at his age who's been with an organization for so long and is so beloved by the fan base, and now coming off the World Series, you even had that pressure now to resign himself. I think they'll be able to get something done. And the Braves aren't in the big, you know, situation where they're they're kind of pushed up against the wall in terms of their their payroll because. They have Acuna and Albies on some pretty team-friendly deals. They they signed them early on in their careers to avoid arbitration and avoid them hitting the free agent market. Um, so, you know, one thing I want to point out, not to toot my own horn here, but like I always say, I am going to. Right. Um, Please. You remember our first ever episode? We made the list, and it was top five free agent signings or, or off-season moves for MLB. Yeah. And I started my list off with something a little uh, a little conservative or maybe not a flashy pick, 
But I said number five, Brave signed Charlie Morton to a one year. Yeah, I remember that. And that came back tenfold because this dude, he ended up breaking his leg in the World Series, which was insane, uh, and got three outs after it. But he was a big part of their postseason run. And he's he great. Was, he, he had a great year for them in the regular season, and he gave them exactly what the Braves needed. They needed a guy to give them innings and keep them in games in the, the, the postseason. That's exactly what he did. So hats off to Charlie Morton. Just I think they're, you know, everybody's going to look back at this and think about Freddie Freeman and think about Riley, you know, some of his big hits, and think about Jorge Soler and Eddie Rosario. But um, – some other guys you got to think about is Max Freed, like you just mentioned. I've just talked about Charlie Morton, but then you got to go to, I mean, Tyler Matzik with that unbelievable uh, six out performance against the Dodgers. Yeah. And, you know, Luke Jackson coming up big for them, Will Smith closing games. So their bullpen was a huge part of it. And they just clicked on all cylinders. You know, my NL East took a lot of crap all year. And the last two, two out of the last three champions have come from that division. So yeah. keep talking, True. keep talking about the division, please. Uh, yeah, it's not you. It's not you guys, though. Let's 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 yeah. relax here. It is not us, but yeah, again, you know, is that really a flex? Yeah. No, no, you know it is because yeah, at least oh yeah, it's so hard for you guys. Yeah. yeah okay. <laughs> yeah, we didn't we didn't see a champion out of the AL East. Oh, no, four ninety yeah. win teams. Yeah. My ass. We had an 88 win team win. Please. Um, all right. Uh, next episode, we're going to be uh, right after the Jet game. And uh, so we'll definitely break down uh, Mike White. We get ready for a little MLB offseason. And the Knicks, definitely. The Knicks are mm-hmm. a big story in this town. And we're both diehard Knicks fans. So. Yes. <laughs> Don't put me in be, the don't put me in the same Nick fan category as you, please. I am a diehard Knicks yeah. fan. We'll be breaking them down as well. Anything you gotta say? Um, I do, I don't know. I basically I want to tell the Astros to suck it. Um, that's really it, though. Yeah, I want to tell Carlos Correa to come to the Mets. That's what I want. No, nah, he's gonna be Yankee. Uh, let's go Jets. You take Seager. Take Seager. Yeah, uh, no, we'll take them all. We got all the money in the world. We got. No, we we'll, got the money. Uh, Marcus Semien can play center field. We'll figure it out. Um, if you want a sweatshirt, DM us. We'll, yeah. uh, we'll make we'll make a couple. Yeah, we'll get it going. We got to get yours first, but yeah, we, yeah we'll get a yeah, couple. All right, cool. we'll talk to you guys later in the week.